Hello everyone! Welcome back to our severe case of indecision and our completely biased opinions with Ian and Tyler. You're listening to Sound On Us. How are we doing today, Tyler? I'm great. So, today we have a very, very special guest here with us. It's been a while since we've had a guest on the podcast. Super, super excited to have this gorgeous hunk of man on. Welcome to the podcast, Jacob Orchard Penis. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My, wow. My last name. You got it perfectly. I know. Yeah. Alliteration. Jacob, it was some homeless man that we picked up on the street. Yeah. Um, I was in the woods. I was lost. And they're like, hey, boy, you like music? And I was like, do you have food? <laughs> and then they're like, but do you like music? And I said, if you have food, then yes. And now I'm on the podcast. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. around like that. That's a good order of events. We're all out here in my cabin in the woods. What are we reviewing today, Tyler? <laughs> We're reviewing the album Pony by Rex Orange County. Yes. Now, there, there is a reason that we brought on a homeless person like Jacob, yeah. because we wouldn't bring the smelly homeless ass off the street for nothing. He knows a lot about Rex, Rex Orange County. So we thought he'd be more than qualified to come on the come on the podcast with us and discuss this new album by Rex Orange County. A little bit of background on Rex Orange County real quick. His name is Alexander O'Connor. What a gay name. Better known by his stage name, uh, Rex Orange County. You actually told me why he was called yeah. Rex Orange County, and I completely forget. Yeah. Please enlighten me. So, his last name is O'Connor, and people in school would abbreviate to O.C., so he was the OC, and when he was releasing music, or wanted to start releasing music, he wanted to release music under, like, a very California kind of name scheme, and so he went with Orange County, which is a place in California, and he just, he didn't think Orange County just worked, so he just put Rex in front of there. Rex means nothing. Orange County, the, the second part, is where there's actually meaning behind it. Truly deep. Oh, he grew up in the village of Grayshot near Hasselmere. Surrey. What the fuck? Okay, so he's re- released three studio albums as of this point. Because You Will Never Be Free, Apricot Princess, and now the newest one, Pony. As I've stated before, Jacob is uh, a Rex Orange County fanboy, and he's been listening to Rex Orange County for how long now? It's been about, only about two years. I found him right around when he released uh, Loving Is Easy, but I'm a little whore for anything he puts out, so... <laughs> Can you fill us in on the uh, discography up to this point and his stylistic? He started with Because You Will Never Be Free, this very, like, it's like a short, pretty rough, just collection of songs that's, everything's very, like, lo-fi and and, and rough and kind of almost childish and young in a way, because he released the album when he was, like, 16. Uh, It has these, like, ballads, some with, like, little jazz chords, and just very slow and soft and kind of somber. And then these other, like, almost weird, like, kind of harsh rap, screamy, and kind of rough and weird songs, like, um, like, Green Eyes Part 2 and Japan and all those things like that. Come 2017, he dropped Apricot Princess, and that is just a complete refinement of all of the sweet, somber jazz songs of the first album, just refined and fine-tuned into a whole album. It's absolutely beautiful. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Just these beautiful, sweeping, big band, like, jazz pieces set to just these sweet and these sweet, loving lyrics about his girlfriend, Thea. It's an absolutely amazing album. Front to back, just track after track of just perfect. It's absolutely incredible, in my opinion. And then we get to this newest album, Pony, and it kind of just is there. (laughs) In the discography, it's 
it still has some of the same like childishness to it, but it's a little more mature in a kind of just watered down way. Rip. So Rex Orange County mainly presides over the genres of, as Jacob was saying, jazz, and he puts some alternative R and B into the mix. I think people, some people classify him as that. Some pe- he's got some garage rock influences as well. Um, he kind of covers a lot, uh, at least with his earlier stuff. Come Pony, he's dabbling a lot more in straight pop and synth pop and shit of that nature. So this is a complete lane switch from Rex Orange County. I did not know what to think about it at first, but maybe that's just me. Tyler, do you have tour dates? I do have tour dates, and I had something else to say as well. Um, I think it's fair to point out that really his big break came from the likes of Tyler, the creator and being put on flower boy. That's really where he, he began to gain serious traction. Co-wrote what the, the opening track in boredom. Yeah. Yeah. He was on. Yes. And produced a lot of things across the album. Across that album. Um, so if you are in the same Maryland district area as we are, you can go see, uh, Rex Orch County at the Anthem in Washington, DC, February 12th. Could be possible that well, you'd catch us there. Well, Might I'm, be fun. I'm definitely going to be Might be fun. There. Hopefully okay, he that would be uh, fun. doesn't play this album. We'll see. Uh, also, Jesus Christ. Uh, We're Ari- just getting right to I the know, punch. Foreshadowing. Uh, Arizona, California, uh, Las Vegas, California, Oregon, Vancouver, Seattle. He's just got a so he's lot got of West Coast dates coming tours. up. Well, in Canada. North America tour. Germany, Denmark, Sweden. Never mind. Nope, worldwide. worldwide. He's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to see him, he's coming to a place near you. Unless it's Most you likely. are listening from Pakistan. In which or case, Estonia. he will not come see you. Or Chad. Shout out to, our, to all our Chad <laughs> listeners. <laughs> listening all the way from the African country of Chad. What a Chad, those Chads. I think that was the worst joke I've ever made. I am a... Yeah, I'm regretting. <laughs> I'm regretting being on this podcast because of that. <laughs> Uh, now we can get rid of the formalities. Great, we've yeah. gotten rid of all of our. Should we get in the music? Are we ready? I'm I think ready. we've covered basically everything. Let's let's go. All right. Well, no one's talking, so I guess that I, I will talk. Um, I didn't know we started. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get into, you know, what we enjoyed about this album. And uh, Jacob's going to take us off here, so go for it. All right. So I know we've been kind of foreshadowing, bashing it, but it is an enjoyable album. Like, it's fun to listen to front to back. Comes in on that song 10 out of 10, and it's just, it's a departure from what Rex had been doing in the past. 10 out of 10 was the first track he released. I listened to it, like, you know, when he was, like, counting down on his Twitter before I even knew there was another album coming. And it was, it's a complete departure from what he's been doing. But it was still, it was nice. It was synthy. It had, like... He was definitely taking inspiration in more, like, pop roots and a little bit of, like, soul and rock and stuff. I thought the whole album was going to be in that new kind of synthy, like, weird direction. I was excited, and then he released Pluto Projector as the second single. That song's great. Like, through and through, a fantastic song. So just a little bit, and it comes in with those beautiful piano chords as as the like the vocal line hits and it's just this great great song 
And then he releases Face to Face, which is this... It's, it's still another very poppy track. The harmonies and, and just the way the song moves is great. And, like, the whole album... If it was all like those three tracks, it'd be fantastic. Like, <laughs> well, like, like stressed out is another like little short track. That's like, it's very like sentimental and, and it seems to be about like him and how he has like friends that just don't want to see him succeed and how he's cutting them off. And I really like it, but uh, yeah, I will say that thematically Rex Orange County doesn't really move too far from his yeah. previous lane. Yeah. Uh, thematically, he's kind of very firmly uh, planted in the. Um, what would you plant him in? There's there's a cat there's a categorization for people like this, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> this was such a weird. I I listened to Rex Orange County. Uh, I think I think I started listening to him like a year and a half ago or something like that. Uh, I'd listen to both because you never be free and Apricot Princess. There are qualities about both of those albums that I really like. Like Jacob said, um, it's kind of childish in a way, immature way. It's also very kind of sweet and cute and adorable. I did generally like both of those albums, right? I also liked his... Didn't you also tell me that he went to jazz school? That was a thing, right? Yeah, he, he got accepted into, like, like one of the prestigious music schools in, like, Britain, I think, when he was, like, 16. People like that piss me off. <laughs> Fuck you, Rex Orange County. Going off of that, he's got... He knows his way around some fucking jazz chords, right? He knows his way around a jazz chord progression, and a lot of times, those are orgasm-worthy, right? Off of Apricot Princess, some of those chord progressions, in and of themselves, are godly. They're incredible. The thing is, with this album, that is basically thrown out the window. You may think, but... Ian, that's a horrible idea. That would be a horrible thing to do. And I'd say you're right. I will say that even transitioning to the pop uh, genre that he chose to switch to, he did it somewhat successfully on some of the songs here. Like Jacob said, Pluto Projector is actually like a 10 out of 10. It's okay, not a 10 out of 10, but it's a fucking good song. The strings at the, at the end of the track are godly they're angelic and they're incredible as well as just his songwriting generally is pretty good that shows up across the album a little bit this is such a weird i i could i could critique his other albums all day but coming to this it's like i can't i can't talk about the music without getting negative which yeah. is fucking weird do, are, do you have anything to say tyler or are you gonna i mean i'm gonna go individually by song and then i'll have stuff to say i'm not okay. gonna talk as a whole for this section because i have a few things i'd like to say about what i like okay right I can do that. Do it. Okay. It took me until track seven to get to a song that I didn't think was half-baked, and it's Pluto Projector. Pluto Projector was easily my favorite song on the project. The guitar is gorgeous and pairs with his vocals perfectly. The groove fits all of the background vocals, and the contrast between all of the vocals on the track is actually really well done on this one. Finally, a track that was over four minutes. All of the oh, tracks yeah. are so short. This was the yeah. first track that we got. Uh, we didn't full talk about the length. This is ten, this, this album is ten songs and thirty three fucking minutes long. Yeah. So yeah, that that is definitely worthy of criticism here. Mm -hmm. so, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. You're good. The next song that I actually enjoyed it was "It Gets Better." The song has a gorgeous string arrangement, uh, instrumental. The bass raised up and down is really really good listening to anthony fantano's review of this album he complained that this was like a synth pop dance number towards the end of the song and i think that 
I agree with that statement. That's exactly what it is. But it doesn't work against it. This is one of the most interesting songs on the project, and it's not predictable. When it starts off with a stringed instrumental and works its way up to being a synth pop song, there's nothing uninteresting about that. That's not a normal thing to do. And everything everything is covered in jazz chords across this album. So it's all interesting. Isn't this the one with the Latin like dance hall flavor? Yes. Like that, that's that's track number nine, right? Yeah. I'm not, okay. Okay. This was an interesting song. It was a... Yeah. It was, a, it was an interesting song. <laughs> it was interesting, but it wasn't... It stood apart from everything else. It didn't yeah, seem common. That's true. It definitely... It was like the only song that caught me off guard because it comes in with those like... Yeah. Those like really... I don't want to say washed out, but like those very distorted like bass notes at the beginning. And it, it really kind of catches analog, you off guard. Yeah. Analog-y. Yeah, because with the rest of the album, it's all very soft, but then it comes in with these kind of rigid, just like... And yeah, like, Ooh, the, okay. The rhythms right, are interesting Rex. as well. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of interesting syncopation yeah. across like, the song. Like he's he's definitely a great songwriter. I have no doubt in my mind that he's just a really good songwriter. On this album, it's just not utilized throughout the album as much as it should be. It like, doesn't play to his strength as much as his no. other two albums did, yeah. I don't think. This is so... I can't talk yeah. about this without getting negative about it because I love the string sections. I love mm-hmm. the arranged instrumentation yeah. across there's, the album because a lot of that is fan-fucking-tastic, like, right? There's individual parts of these songs that I think are genuinely incredible. Like, there's a part in Laser Lights where he goes... There's, like, this this like half-step raising of, like, three, like, syncopated notes that goes up and he brings in like two other vocal harmony parts and it's just this it's this great sound but that's the only good part of that song there's just these individual moments throughout the album that are incredible like when there are horns across this track too there were some horns like that and there's like a flute yeah that i caught that i liked there's parts of it that are just awesome and just ear catching and so beautiful to listen to but then the rest of the song that surrounds it it just doesn't live up and especially coming off of, like, some of the other single, even, like, other singles, not even albums, like Sunflower and Best Friend and Loving Is Easy. They're all just incredible, incredible tracks. This album, it's like, I can feel the through line of all that. I can feel the through line of his all his other albums and songs. But it just feels like he's he's lost in what he's writing. I feel like we need to transition into what we didn't like because yeah. we're basically in the fucking section where we didn't like shit. I want yeah. to talk about it. it's not the same anymore a little bit though. Track yeah. ten, because that this track is like probably the most sentimental he gets on the album. Yeah. God damn it, Rex Orange County is a sentimental person, so mm-hmm. this is like fucking major in your feels kind of shit, complete with some melodrama and stuff like that. But the vocal melodies are generally sweet as well as, as I like the pianos across the track. This is a six minute. 30 second song or something like that too which is a most gratifying song length I think across the album I don't know I, it might be padded out for time a little bit generally I thought the song was an okay closer like Jacob said there are ideas and moments across this album that I really liked the surrounding material is save it for the next fucking section let's just get into the next fucking section I can't we gotta, we gotta let loose we gotta let it rip I think the biggest problem I have with this record is the aesthetic choices. <laughs> we usually only have this setup. We only have two chairs because there's only usually two of us, but Jacob has ruined our mojo. So we have to, we had to improvise and Tyler's over there in my wheelie chair that I used to think. Isn't that a blues clues thing? The thinking chair or whatever. 
instrumentally, I actually do not have much of a problem with some of the stuff here, okay? I think that from a production sound point, some of this stuff is fine. I think the way it's presented, the material is presented across the project is actually gross a lot of the times. It's sterile as fuck, right? And now, this isn't your usual, like, pop radio bullshit, right? This isn't a fucking Ariana Grande song or Selena Gomez or whoever, insert pop artist's name here. Not radio bullshit, right? But it's not much better than that. It's really, really fucking whitewashed. And it kind of bothers me because it's like he took his old sound and he was like, okay, I'm just going to take out most of the jazz and I'm going to pour bleach all over this. And that's what we get. It's so fucking white. This album is so sterile and devoid of anything super fucking interesting like his other albums were. Because there's nothing like standout about this album too. There are some moments like we, we stated. Like Pluto Projector is one of the few really great standout moments on the album. Uh, it Gets Better is uh, was an interesting moment on the album. And I did like 10 out of 10 for a while. But the more I listen to it, the more it just falls on deaf ears for me. Because again, it's still kind of one-dimensional and not that interesting, especially for Rex Orange County. It's kind of depressing, honestly. Like, I feel bad for the kid. I, I've been waiting for, like, ever since I heard, I think the first song I heard was Corduroy Dreams. And he has that just almost comical line in the song that's like, don't call me daddy because that's just fucking weird. And it's, su- it's just such a great line. It's a like kind of funny and it's like it shows a lot of like heart and character. And then I listen to like Apricot Princess and Sunflower and there's these great like childish, very human, like emotional songs all throughout those albums. As soon as I heard he was making a new album... I freaked out because he is like usually like from what I've noticed, he goes radio silent on all social media, everything for weeks and weeks at a time. And it was just randomly one day I looked on Twitter and it was like, here's a new song. The next day he's like new album 25th. And I was like, I was freaking the fuck out. This is this was my most anticipated album of the year easily. I like wait, I wait so long for this album to come out i finally listened to it and i it's it's that kind of like it's not a bad experience i got to the end of of it's not the same anymore and i like kind of went okay because it's just disappointing he has so he had so much heart and like places to go with his music on apricot princess and the thing is about apricot princess is he wasn't on label with that album that was all him and with this album he was picked up by sony records it's his major label debut and i thought with like the resources he has and with just everything now he was gonna release some majestic fucking yeah out the fucking gate just bombastic blow your asshole out and then It just feels so watered down from everything else he's made in the past. Never had the balls is ballless. <laughs> even even the first time I heard that track, even being the massive Rex fanboy, I just listened to it and I went, really? That's like what he came up with. 
two-year break of like almost complete silence, releasing one other single in between there. And he came up with that track. Just nothing interesting about that track. <sighs> I never thought and of then, it like that. And then you get to to um Every Way, the eighth track on the album. Oh my is, god, that pissed me off like, so bad. Like it's it's I forget it's a thing until I get to it on the album. I forget it's a song. Yeah. Because it's so just nothing. It's, it's white a noise. nothing track. Never had the balls and every way are just nothing. They're so just filler things. They're garbage. And <laughs> what's really weird about this album is it almost like the way it flows and the way like the the way the track listing kind of peaks at different points, it's a lot like Apricot Princess. There's a lot of like weird humps to the to the the runtime of the album that feels like Apricot Prince, but there's absolutely nothing fucking interesting no, about it because you get to you get to it. It gets better, um, and it's it's like kind of a weird. It, it deviates from the rest of the album in a way, and then it it kind of gets loud at, louder at the end, and then goes into a very softer and slower track, just like at just like at the end of Apricot Princess, where it goes from Never Enough, this very loud, like, boisterous song, into Happiness, this very quiet and very, like, somber song. The way he does it on Pony is just so there. Like, it's... it's barely even there. It's the hard It's hard to describe, because it's just, like, music. It's background. The thing about it's, this album is there's nothing stand out about it. Yeah. And it, the, the personality that Rex Orange County showed across his other albums is basically gone. And yeah. that is very sad, to say the least. Because this, this, this guy is talented, right? He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's extremely young. Yeah. Goddamn, he's a cute little boy, too. <laughs> um, but... Like, yeah. and it, it, like Jacob said, the last couple albums feel like he's going places... This album feels like one of the places he should have never gone ever. And now yeah. he's just in this fucking souped up pond with fucking algae and fucking lifeless and green and shit like that. And he's going to no. stagnate there for years. And it's like, Not I hope that doesn't that. fucking happen. But like, it's like he's he's there now. And I wish he never made it there. I wouldn't even say he's in like a pond with algae and everything like just stagnant. I would say he's in. One of those blow up big like blue pools, because <laughs> there's just nothing. It's just like there. It's, it's like oh, pissing chlorine. Yeah, basically. It's, you can like it's got one of those rickety plastic ladders. It's like it's there, and you can go into it, and you can like swim around, and it's like yeah, like and I don't want to bash it. Like I didn't enjoy it. Like I didn't listen to the whole thing and just and like like it's not bad. It's just incredibly disappointing and a massive departure from what made all of his other tracks better i could take a piss on this album and not care basically tyler yeah. do you have can anything I, to say i can tear some tracks apart go for, go it. for it could i tear yeah. some tracks apart yeah all tear right some track. ready for this all right uh 10 out of 10 track number one uh i can appreciate the quaint and low-key vocals on the album but when it gets paired with the instrumental, he sounds boyish, and after 45 seconds, it was annoying. I have no problem with his voice. I love his voice. The way that it's presented on the song is annoying, and I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it for more than 45 seconds. So the the first song was basically ruined for me right off the bat. From that, uh, always the vocals are more tolerable. It's just the the second track uh, always is 
half-baked for me. It doesn't feel like a complete thought. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the place. And even though there's there, really, there's ideas on every track that are solid, they're never put together in a cohesive manner. There are so many bases and shit like that. And there, I feel like that's a, that's a big, like new artist syndrome thing where you have so many great fucking ideas and you have so many things that you want to do. Um, but you don't flesh it out into multiple tracks and you try and stuff all of your ideas into one track. And then it comes out this fucking amalgamation that never should have ever been thought of. It's kind of, it's kind of depressing a little bit. The lyrics on laser lights were, basically non-existent they didn't need to exist they are atrocious the auto-tune on that track was a fucking mistake the auto-tune on that track can suck my balls it's so bad face to face the first 10 seconds of the track is so uninteresting that i want to skip it the first minute of that track for me i was like why the fuck is this here yeah it kind of like the chorus is not there are a lot of great choruses on this album i will say that you can pen a chorus but the verses are so fucking boring that i don't even want to sit through it to get to the choruses boyish charm his voice had on all of his other music is completely non-existent on this album like gone not there like i i like even sunflower which is my personal favorite song he's ever made is this it just has so much charm and so much heart and so much emotion put behind it and then you get to this album and it's just bankrupt of any like any of that young like starry-eyed charm it's It's a good way to put it all gone (laughs) stressed out is an atrocious track the vocals are so saturated it just sounds it's 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 a non-song it's a non-listenable if if it was produced correctly it might be okay i couldn't get past i couldn't hear anything else in the song i was so bothered by his vocals it's kind of it reminded me of the song dive by ed sheeran where he wrote a great ballad and then screwed it up so bad by having his voice so processed through analog or whatever the hell it was that it's distracting to the point where it just ruins the rest of the song yeah, and it, to compare Rex Orange County to Ed Sheeran, I never thought we'd go so low. Never had the balls. You can tell from the title. I don't need to say anything else about it. Yeah. Uh, he, every way is fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not a song. It does not belong on the album. It is an idea, and it's probably a good idea. Been left on the cutting room, cutting room floor. Probably a good idea, but it's like it. Coldplay just did the same thing on their last album, where they put. Probably fantastic ideas for songs on the album. Not a song, an idea for a song. This is no different, and this pisses me off. I hate when artists give you a minute and a half of teasing bullshit when they should be giving you a song, especially when they disappear for years to six months at a time. Like, there's absolutely no reason or excuse for that. What really gets me about Every Way is it almost feels exactly the same as happiness the last track off of apricot princess but so like the idea is almost exactly the same the idea of the song seems to be how his girlfriend thea really helps him through shit really helps him through like his own head and his own thoughts oh god now i'm remembering the lyrics and i don't want to remember the lyrics and and on happiness it's presented in this like you can just feel every bit of of raw emotion he feels for this girl in his life and on happiness it's beautiful absolutely gorgeous it ends with it's that poignant. like it's 
it says exactly how much it needs to. And at the end, it's almost just a minute of just straight instrumental and him just like singing notes. And even in that, it says infinitely more than what every way does. Because in every way, it's just like, I love you. Yeah. It's just the most boring, like, <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty much what he says on the song. It's just I love so, you. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just so, like, you can't, you get no sense of his personality. You get no understanding of who this person is in, like, to him. Just nothing. It's so just bland and boring. It's oh my gosh. He keeps talking about how he loves her in every single way and cares about her in every single way, and that's basically just the repeated fucking yes. idea. And it's like that's it, bruh. Stop, stop. Nothing. This ain't it, chief. Stop it. Because you get to that, you get to that same point on happiness, and it's like it's that that idea of like how I love you in every way is almost the peak of happiness. And he says it once, and then you get to that, and it's just like oh my gosh. It's like this, like, it makes the rest of the album, just in context of that song, feel incredible. And on this song, it happens in the middle of the runtime, on like a two minute and 30 second nothing track, and then there's no peak to it. It's just, ugh, ugh, ugh. Also, the 10th the track fucking annoyed me to shit, because it has nothing to do with the rest of the album either. It's just like, it's there. Yeah. It's meant to be that, like... Have you listened? As have either of you listened to the the Pink Eye album, Pink Life, where on the on the last track he makes fun of having to put your most sentimental and meaningful song at the end. Mm-hmm. This feels like the most sentimental and meaningful song was tagged on at the end just to give like yeah the, the illusion of this really means something. This is super fucking deep. When no, you just tacked on this fucking six minute and thirty second track onto your shitty fucking album what, just to make it seem like it's meaningful. What gets me is like if the rest of the album was of quality and the last track was exactly the same, I think I would love the last track. I think, uh, yeah, in context, but it might be so much better. Absolutely, because it does end on a nice, like, on a nice closer. The, like, those horns that, like, fade out with, with the rest of the song. And it's, the, the last track feels sentimental. And I think there is sentiment behind it. But because the rest of the album is just so kind of all over the place and all the ideas are, like, mismatched and unimportant, it just doesn't live up to what I think he wanted it to be. Cause the whole album is, it's not, Apricot Princess was all about Thea, all about his girlfriend. But this one is about his life and, like, how, like, the past year he's changed a lot and how, like, a lot of things are affecting him different and there's there's a lot of themes of almost, like, depression and overcoming it. And I can, I can see the through line on some of the tracks. Like, you can hear it at the beginning with 10 out of 10. Like, he says, like, oh, I feel like a 5, I can't pretend. But if I get my shit together, maybe I can be a 10. And the thing is, he gets to, it, the, the message just gets so lost in the yeah. fucking sauce that it's like, you it, you can't tell it's fucking there anymore. I, I have listened to the album many times just trying to get myself to like it more because I really didn't want to admit to myself that this was a very lackluster album. And I still cannot tell you what laser lights 
or never had the balls is even supposed to be about. Like, I, there's like nothing. It, it feels like it feels like a story that he has. That's like a personal story that he wanted to tell, but then he just didn't include like any of the details. So it just feels like we're completely lost. It also. I think a lot of the problem was also come down to fucking laziness. He got signed onto this new fucking record deal, right? And this yeah. is his first major label debut, right? And he feels the need to sell out a little bit. And yeah. that's exactly what we fucking got. And it's really fucking sad. Like, that's what I... I, I hope that's not the case. Because I, I really hope that come I hope he f- album or yeah, whatever... Yeah, finds his is, way again. Gets his footing back. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Like... It'd be very disappointing if he kept going down this route. So yeah. Uh, do, do you need do do it? Did either of you boys feel the need to say anything else? Are we good? Let's just know. fucking let, let's just fuck. Uh, maybe maybe we will. <laughs> conclusion we're all three very depressed white males in our yep. late teens and we're and this sad. album didn't help this album did not fucking help um i i'm very disappointed yeah moral of the story is go listen to apricot princess and don't um, touch this yeah i mean i don't know if i'll even travel back to any of the songs here i might i might every once in a while I'll go back to pluto projector yeah but like that's kind of hit yeah it, it's it's very sad because everything up till this point like Stellar. I, I I just listen to it on repeat I, I can like quote every song lyric from every other song he has and but then this is just like eh. <laughs> a little sad Tyler it's, give us your finishing you haven't you've talked the least throughout this podcast come on give us something um the album is so sterile and so plastic and so predictable and there's really not a whole lot of things on it that are actually that interesting it's not it's not atrocious it's not bad it's just so lame for him i i think that's what it is is i've from what i've listened to i had come to expect more and i i truly do think that he kind of sold out on this like I, i got a great reputation i can put out what i'm gonna put out doesn't matter that much he got a massive paycheck regardless of sales because he signed with sony so it's not you know it's not it's no sweat off of his back to put out on something good because he has put out good stuff in the past Mm -hmm. um i i don't know this project was just too safe it had no Uh risk it had nothing it was just uninteresting that's just where i'm leaving it yeah it was ballless none of that like if this was his first album it wouldn't exactly be something like stellar, but it would definitely be listenable. It would definitely be like a nice, you know, sentimental, personal pop record. But in context of all of his other music and his whole other discography is just a disappointment, a letdown, just 
I think regardless of past material, this is a sterile fucking pop record. Um, that this is actually like kind of soulless. Um, and um, he kind of neutered his sound a little bit. No, it wasn't a little bit. It was a lot. It was like the the Black Belt Eagle Scott thing where I was like, I was complaining about her not having the grunge influence anymore. It's the same thing. He threw threw jazz out the fucking window for this watered down pop bullshit. And um, he has so much more talent and so much more character um, than that. And like he has, it, his fans deserve better music at this point. It sounds like because like they've this is what they've come to know and love from him and uh he releases this shit and it's i think it's i think it's very possible that this is just gonna be an ink spot on his discography i yeah i I almost i feel like i know for sure that he has better music in him and it's going to come out i just don't think this was it yeah i I agree actually i i i would hate to see like my perception of him be soiled because just because of how much like Apricot Princess means to me as like an album and all of his other discography means to me as just a person. Just it's like just I really hope this album is just just a little hiccup it's in an the anom- road of, an, an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like because he went from, you know, smaller recording studios and stuff to like I'm sure like blowing up with Tyler and then over the course of this two year um this two-year gap between albums, he blew up absolutely massive. Like, he went from this small little, like, hometown guy to, like, a massive, like, selling out shows across the country. And I'm sure it's a lot of pressure to put on one, like, guy from some small town in, like, Britain. I'm sure that's a lot of pressure. So, I I think he'll... Figure out a sound, a style, even, even it out a little bit. Hopefully, yeah. are we feeling a? Are we feeling a grade? Are we feeling a? Are we feeling a score here? We usually go from one to ten. Yep, ten. Yeah. I right. can go. go ahead and get right in there. Get in that. It's a. Color. It's a four point eight from me. This is the worst record we that I think we reviewed in quite a while. I really, uh, I really you, don't the, the think. I watched Fantano. Pretty bad. For you. I watched Fantano give this a strong five. I don't think that's possible. I think this is worse than an F. This is, this is, this, this feels like selling out. And I think he deserves a four point eight for that, regardless of the content. And the content is even more failing. Than I actually the thought, fact of selling out. I thought before. Uh, I started this. I was going to give it higher than I am, but I actually fucking agree with you. 4.8 is what it's getting. I, I, the same exact fucking score I'm, I'm feeling. Yeah. Where, are you, where are you at, Jacob? I think just because of my... Um, my... Just it's how much just a little whore I am. For anything he puts out, I really can't bring myself to rate it under a 5. Yes, you can. <laughs> I, like i would have to say Fucking about do it succumb a, to the dark side i would say about a 5.5 for me okay not great but overall not just it's nothing i it's, it's 5.55 this album just might as well not exist which yeah is like hello god is that you god dad 
No, that's definitely not my dad. Yeah. Give me a second. I'm going to yell at my little shit brothers. Hey! <laughs> Fuckers! <laughs> Shut up! Fuck you! And your little asshole! Man, that's a really that's going to be really nice on the recording. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Be sure to include that. <laughs> he usually finds a way. All right. Well, thank you all for listening yeah. to this three depressing, depressed white males talk about uh, a complain about album. Yeah, complain about music. Um, uh, follow Jacob on Twitter because <laughs> <laughs> every single let, fucking let day. me explain. Okay. Allow me to explain my Twitter. Okay, <laughs> so. So every single day for it's been a hundred and seventy eight days, I believe. Um, I've been tweeting at an artist I really like named Sydney Gish, telling her to do a cover of the killer's song Mr. Brightside. And I she's agreed to it so far. Um But it's taking a while. Uh, but so yeah, if you everyone, want fresh content every single day yeah, of Jacob if yelling want, at this artist. If you want very unfunny jokes uh, and pictures of snails that I draw, then um, <laughs> then then you can follow me at the Macaroni Tony. <laughs> Is it spelled with eyes? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It's at the Macaroni Tony. Um. Uh, I recommend none of you do because I'm not funny. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> I'm going to put that it's out there. Top, it's top-notch content, dude. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. Yeah. I look um, forward to the posts every single day. <laughs> I'm glad someone does. <laughs> this artist is going to fucking hate you after all. I'm this sure she fucking, already does. This fucking idiot tweeting at me I've, again. Jesus. I've met her in real life. I could feel the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she fun. She looks like the kind of person to fucking love it. Oh, honestly. she 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 actually said like I look forward to them every day. Oh, yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah, everyone. Uh, completely complete side note. Listen to Sydney Gish. Um, she's <laughs> the best. Listen to this fucking album. Listen to Sydney <laughs> Gish. Listen to Sydney Gish. Uh, listen to No Dogs Allowed. It's absolutely incredible. Um, that's, shout out Sydney Gish. One shout, shout out Sydney Gish. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob came on just to plug shit. That's that's the only reason. I, that's the only reason I'm on here. I just came on to plug my Twitter. We came on to vibe, dude. I'm oh, dude, we're vibing. We're vibing, dude. Vibing, uh, fucking fat. Yeah, fat vibes, dog. Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He's I hitting felt that, that one in my soul. He's hitting that vape, dog, dude. Ooh, he vaping up. Hell yeah! All Dang. right. Uh, go follow the artist at Rex Orange County on Instagram and Twitter or wherever else and, you want to follow your and favorite. Tell him to media release site. a better album. Yeah. <laughs> go and complain to him, to his cute little little boy face. Yeah. Uh, go follow us at Sound Artist Podcast on uh, Instagram because that's the only place where we're active. Um, we'll be coming out with new episodes Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, getting into the new year, so. Um, Hopefully, uh, hopefully y'all had a wonderful Christmas and all that fucking shit. Um, uh, yeah. Tyler, you have anything to say? Uh, if you want to donate to us. Oh, yeah. Anchor.com slash sound audits or just go to the link in our Instagram bio. You can start as low as 99 cents and it will go to 
buying a microphone so that our guest, Jacob here, does not have to use this little shrimp that we have. It is a little kind shrimp. of funny. Amplifying his mouth noises. Yep. Do it again. Do it again. I think that's about it. Goodbye, everybody. It's been fun. It's time now for me to go. You'll never hear me again. Thanks to Ian and Tyler for having me on the podcast. Goodbye. We fucking hate Jacob. <laughs> you hate me too. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. This homeless man in my house just stinking up the place. Get the fuck out of here. Alright. Uh, just kidding. I love you, you sweet little boy ass. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Uh, uh, yeah. Peace. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>